0: Nau mai, mai. Welcome to the Maxim Institute podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm the communications manager at Maxim Institute. This is our weekly short form podcast. These podcasts are released in tandem with our weekly column and are a chance for you to hear in depth from the column's author about some of the thinking that went into producing their final piece.
1: Right, hello, we're talking today with communications manager Jason Hill. Jason, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Marcus. Uh, talk to me, Jason. <laughs> that's that's not an invitation. That was just the title of your piece. But also, talk to me.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and say nothing.
1: Yeah, now. <laughs> <laughs> put you on the spot. Um, so last Thursday uh, was a big day for protests mm. at Parliament. Mm. You know, so we've got the election coming up, um, but it's also a time to to make
0: voices heard in mm. other
1: ways. Um, what happened
0: last Thursday? Yeah, there was there was a lot happening. Um, um, you, I think you'd be, the way it was covered, you'd be forgiven for not realising mm-hmm. that there were at least four protests going on um, at Parliament last down in Wellington last last Thursday. Um, you had the big one, which everyone was focused on, which closed down the streets mm-hmm. and locked down the central city, which was Brian Tamaki's uh, protest against Agenda 2030. But there was also the stop co-governance protest, and then they had the anti-fascist counter-protest to both of those protests, and then, yes, there was two protests and then a counter-protest to those protests, and then there was a hikoi, uh, which was the one that actually got my attention uh, for the column, that had come down from Northland um, to protest as well, so... It right, it was a lot fo- going yeah, on. Lot. It was like one one person said, a cocktail of protests, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but importantly, not a Molotov cocktail. That, it,
0: that's right; it was not fiery at all. Okay. No, yeah, that, that's good.
1: That's good. So, okay, so we have all these protests. Why are protests important for our democracy? Do you think?
0: I think that they are kind of like a steam release valve, a pressure release valve for people who feel like they don't get heard in the democratic process mm-hmm. in in between elections. Uh, I think you see this kind of increase in protests as we get closer to elections, people start to make their, their points, their voices heard a bit more. But I th- I also think in between elections, there's not a, or well, maybe popularly perceived, there's not a, a great feedback loop for people who are feeling frustrated mm-hmm. with the system to get direct access to the halls of power mm. and say I'm not happy with this I think this is a ridiculous um, uh, this is a ridiculous policy I think you should change this I'm this is really impacting me day to day mm-hmm. so I think if that frustration isn't allowed to release itself in some mm. way it could turn far more sinister than people walking down the street holding signs and mm. and yelling stop! co-governance or anti-agenda 2030 or stop fascism or mm. whatever it is that they, they want to protest. Mm. Um, so I think it, it is important. Mm. Uh, it's, a st- it's, it's a pressure release. So how
1: should those in power or politicians uh, react to protests, particularly ones they don't agree with?
0: Yeah, I think last Thursday, the hikoi was a great example of that. So this was a hikoi uh, led by um, the mother of uh, three headhunter gang members who had come down from Northland collecting signatures on a petition to protest uh, the Gang Policies of National and Act, and they had come down to deliver this petition to Parliament, and they were met by National's police, mm-hmm. police spokesperson, Mark Mitchell, who had during the week been very vocal against their petition and their their hikoi. So he had said, uh, you know, I totally disagree with their what they're saying and all of this sort of stuff. And here's a, here's a man who was a police officer mm. and meeting with people who uh, represent the families of gang members. Couldn't be more opposite yeah, yeah. Uh, sides of the fence than these. And he went out there and he refused to receive their petition, but they had a conversation and there was yelling backwards and forwards, but they – and they didn't even agree and they didn't come to a resolution. But afterwards, uh, the leader of the protest – uh, said that uh, she was glad that he came. She mm. said, good on him. Thank you. I'm glad he was here. He got to hear us. And mm. I think that's a key sentence mm. to kind of illustrate how uh, how politicians should react mm. to these things, Especially, I think especially when you disagree with someone. To walk out there and say, I can hear you, um, I may not agree, we may not come to a resolution, mm. but I hear you, I, I'm face-to-face with someone who my policies are directly impacting, that I think is important, and that diffuses some of that and and, and helps with that pressure release. Mm.
1: Mm. So do you think politicians, particularly if you don't agree with the protest, should go out and, and and be seen to be listening to all protests? Are there any you think that you should just never engage with?
0: Uh, I think that because the protests are such a key part of the people's mm-hmm. voice, right, and in, in allowing this pressure to be released, mm-hmm. I think that you should go out and speak to them as, as often as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you're not in, at parliament that day or mm-hmm. it's not something that concerns you, you're not a party leader, you're not a spokesperson mm-hmm. or, or a minister mm-hmm. – you don't necessarily have to. Hmm. But I think back to uh, the, the, the protest that was in everyone's yep. minds yep. At, at, oh, last Thursday was the occupied um, protest from 2022. And I think back over 24 days, how many politicians who were in the house went out to speak to those people? Yeah, zero, exactly, none of them. And who did? Winston Peters, mm. Mm. <laughs> who's back over 5% yeah. in this election, yeah. um, could could get back into parliament. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we were talking before the enduring image of that is the politicians on the balcony looking out at the protest. They they didn't get heard. They didn't get mm. met by anyone. They got scorned. They got ridiculed. They got called all sorts of names mm. from inside the House by people who didn't have the courage to go out and talk to them. It seemed that bizarre... Uh, idea that merely going to meet
1: with protesters or listening to them mm. validates them or somehow puts you on their side,
0: which is so fascinating. Because, yeah. like on Thursday, when Mark Mitchell yeah. went out, clearly there was no resolution. Clearly, he was not validating mm. them or saying yes, I agree with you or I'm going to change my policies. Mm. He went out. He heard. They argued. They separate. They went their separate ways without a resolution. Mm but definitely heard Mm. each other. Mm. And I think that's, yeah, I I just don't understand that logic where you go out to meet with someone, you're validating their views. Mm. You're not. You're going out to maybe argue with them, Mm. maybe have a a heated debate, Mm. but not to validate, Mm. yeah.
1: Well, hopefully that's a sign that we have all learned from last year um, and that going forward with these protests won't have to be so divisive because they'll be far more able to be a pressure relief. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Well, let's hope so. Let's
0: hope so, yeah. Jason, mate, thank you very much. Thanks, Marcus. Cheers. It is easy to get caught up in the idea that being right is the most important thing. We're constantly bombarded with messages that tell us what to think and who to believe, and it can be challenging to remember that dialogue with those we disagree with is just as vital to the health of our society. Last Thursday, as Brian Tamaki and his protest against Agenda 2030 arrived in Wellington, people's minds drifted back to the three-week-long occupation of Parliament in 2022. The police closed inner city streets. There was a palpable sense of fear in the air. Given how the day was covered by the media, you would be excused for not realizing that at least four separate groups were converging on Parliament that day. Alongside Tamaki's protest, there was the Stop Co-Governance March, an anti-fascist counter-protest, and the event that truly caught my attention, the arrival of a hikoi protesting the gang policies of National and ACT. Among all the other events happening, why was it the 12-person hikoi that stood out? Unlike the protesters who sought to capture the attention and dominate the headlines, the families of gang members were there to engage in a different kind of activism, one based on dialogue and engagement. At a time when echo chambers and ideological fortresses have become the norm, the families of gang members and Nationals Police spokesperson Mark Mitchell, who greeted them as they presented a petition, engaged in a conversation marked by disagreement. It served as a reminder that democracy thrives on dialogue even when disagreements are vehement. The issues that each of them had still needed to be resolved. Mitchell even refused to accept their petition, but that wasn't the point. A conversation took place. Someone was brave enough to go meet with some people they disagreed with. Others could speak to the people they had grievances with and felt heard. Matilda Kahotia, the leader of the hikoi, mother of three gang members and a colorful character, was pleased that he came. Good on him, thank you. I'm glad he was here, he got to hear us. Looking back on the protests of 2022, it's clear that dialogue could have played a more significant role in addressing the issues that led to those protests. By providing a platform for constructive dialogue and demonstrating a willingness to listen, we could have made those who felt marginalized or unheard a part of the democratic process. Instead, the protests were met by dismissal and hostility, with no acceptance that the protesters had a legitimate point of view that should, at the least, be listened to. Whether you agree or disagree with the policies or the protesters doesn't matter. Talking and listening are two of the most important things we can do for this country. If you can listen to the people you disagree with, we can start healing our nation's divisions. Thanks for listening to the Maxim Institute podcast. If you'd like to hear more from us and keep up with the rest of our research and analysis of politics and policy in New Zealand, you can sign up on the homepage of our website to get our monthly forum email and invitations to future Maxim Institute events. You can search and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the team at Maxim, Matewa, goodbye for now.